You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is hit well in a center field. That one's carrying out at center. It's out of here! Oh, Johnny with a pinch hit home run! At the plate is Mike Trout, the pitch on its way, it's blasted out to dead center field. Out of here. Ball gets away. He's going to break for the plate. Ball game is over. The Angels with a walk-off win here in the bottom of the ninth inning. This is the Angels Recap Podcast, a review of the past week in Angels baseball. Here's your host, Trent Rush. Hey, what's going on? And welcome to the Angels Recap Podcast. My name is Trent Rush. Big show we got coming up for you. We're going to hear from Mike Trout, Joe Adele. Also talk with broadcasters Terry Smith and Mark Gubiza about calling these games here in these crazy times. All fun conversations, and I am certainly glad to have you here. Now, there's no doubt the Angels did not get off to the start that we were all hoping for at 3-7 and seven through the first 10 games. But as this comes out on this Wednesday, just last night, we saw the Angels start to get things back on track, and that was cool to see. First and foremost... Mike Trout. Now, congratulations to Mike and his wife, Jessica, on the birth of their son, Beckham Aaron Trout, who was born on July the 30th. Well, Mike missed four games, and in his first game back, first at-bat back, hit a home run. But before that, we talked with Mike about being there for the birth of his son. Uh, pretty incredible. You know, a lot of a lot of emotions going into it. I uh, didn't really know what to expect, but, you know, once once I get to, I get to uh, see him, and obviously hold him with Jess and seeing how she was she was feeling what she uh what we uh went through you know to uh have a child it's, it's pretty amazing you know we had my parents out her parents out her brother was out um it was great it was good buying time you know bringing a new new member to the family uh home just a special moment for for my family and her family obviously uh you know hard obviously leaving him and hard leaving Jess cuz uh you know what she's going to be going through these next you know couple months it's uh stuff she obviously two people are better than one so um you know it's just it was definitely tough knowing that you played end of last week going into this whole thing what was like the last five or six days what were they like for you leading up to the birth of beckham and then everything since then yeah um it was it was I can't really explain it. Um, you know, I was just kind of anxious, waiting for that call. Um, now knowing, uh, having the child and, you know, spending time with them and, you know, being the whole, uh, doing the whole dad thing. It's, uh, it's pretty cool. Um, obviously you didn't get much sleep these last past, past a uh, couple of days, but, uh, it's well worth it. And, you know, I was telling my wife, this is a different kind of, you know, if somebody, uh, woke me up after a couple hours of sleep, for no reason, uh, you know, kind of be pretty upset. But, uh, you know, when you hear them, you hear them cry or something, any little movement getting up wasn't that hard. You know, just to see your, your little man and, you know, spend time with him, it, it was great. Mike, I'm not a father, so I can't relate to this, but I've heard people talk about how a lot of times you change when a baby is born. Um, do you feel any different? Um, I definitely feel different. Um, just, you know, because you – you know, you, when you left 
when we went to the hospital, we had, it was just two of us. And, you know, after we had Beckham, we left the hospital, we looked in the back seat, we got three of us now. So it's, uh, it's pretty, pretty amazing. You know, we're actually, we're, we're pretty excited. Um, it's a, it, it's a great time in our family right now. Um, you know, we've all since, you know, uh, dating Jess for so long now, we've always talked about having kids and, you know, just, uh, this how special it was to, to get the first one out. Mike, congratulations. Thanks again. Thank you. Now, Tuesday's game was pretty monumental in its own right because of maybe the start of a new era. Yes, Joe Adele was called up to play on Tuesday, and he made his first career star in right field, ended up legging out an infield single as well, so that was cool to see. Now, the deal on Joe Adele, Billy Epler had said before the start of the season that when Adele gets the call to be in the major leagues, it's the play. So the expectation is, at least for the foreseeable future, Joe Adele is the Angels' right fielder, and it looks like Brian Goodwin and Justin and Upton are going to be platooning in left. So for Joe Adele, a pretty special opportunity. I mean, he is widely considered to be the best Angels prospect since Mike Trout, but still, it's not often you get called up and get to start right away. That's the case for Joe Adele, and we talked with Joe before his Major League debut. Hey, Joe, congratulations on making it to the Major Leagues. What has this day been like for you and going through the process and getting the opportunity to now be a Major League? Uh, it's, it was nuts. Um, I got the I got the call a couple of days ago and it was just unreal. Um, you know, just so much excitement. You know, you you work so hard and and you you always have that as the goal out in front of you. But then, you know, one day you, you get a call like this and, you know, you, you finally finally validated the work that you've done and, and everything that that you put in place to, to be where you want to be. So it's um, it's definitely just humbling and just really excited. Now, obviously, I would imagine a goal for you would have been to break camp with the Major League Club. That obviously didn't happen. Uh, but what have the last couple of weeks been like for you in getting prepared for this opportunity? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think one of the things in spring that, that stood out for me, um, defensively, I had some miscues, uh, some things that I needed to work on um, that were evident. And um, I've just really been pounding early work, you know, early work defense, um, I've you just been working on getting in the rhythm of, of what I'm trying to do and how I'm trying to attack certain balls in the outfield and, and, you know, some of my routes and all that type of stuff. So over at Long Beach, when, uh, when camp broke, that was, uh, that was a main focus of mine was really just working on, on that aspect of my game. So, um, you know, I've, I've thought a lot better out there. I've, I felt more comfortable with the moves that I'm making. So, um, you know, that was something that, that was key. And, um, and yeah, you know, I was just, like I said earlier, um, over at the taxi squad at Blair Field, uh, we've done a really good job on making it game-like. I, I feel like I haven't missed a beat. You know, I, I've gotten plenty of at-bats over there, and and I'm feeling really good about where I'm at swing-wise. So I've definitely been able to get in a lot of the work that I wanted to get in over there. And when you got the news, who was the first phone call to? Who are you, who are you talking to first? Uh, I, I called my mom. Uh, my, dad was, uh, my dad was on a work call at the time, so um, – he, he couldn't answer. So I called my mom and, uh, and man, she jumped 10 feet in the air for sure. Uh, it was, uh, it was really exciting, you know, because not only is it me, you know, going through and, and doing all the work and, and preparing and all that sorts of stuff, but my family's made sacrifices over the years for this and, and to just watch everybody be excited and, and feel, you know, like, like we've all done it, which, which really we have, you know, that, that family unit of mine has, has come together and, and we all, you know, made this possible. So, you know, I'm, I'm just really proud and, 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 you know, they, they are as well, for sure. Joe, congratulations. Thanks for the time. Appreciate it. Thanks, Trent. 
How about that? You call dad and he's busy on a work call. Calls mom. She's all excited. I, I'm sure dad is pretty pumped later. Uh, but what a, a unique experience. And I tell you this, too. The Adels are a very charitable family. I know that uh, Joe very active in his community back in Louisville and uh, certainly exciting to see Joe Adele get to the major leagues and hopefully he continues to perform. It was great to see him get a base hit in his very first at-bat. There are very high expectations for Joe Adele. Like I mentioned, considered to be the Angels' best prospect since Mike Trout. That's not a fair comparison to put on anybody, but Joe Adele has that expectation because he is so talented. It's not fair. It's not right. we got to give this guy some time, especially since really every level that Joe Adele has been to those first couple of weeks have been a little bit of a struggle until he finds a way to adapt and adjust to the level that he's at and typically from that point he absolutely takes off so it would sure be special if he's able to do that at the major league level as well all right now let's get to some more of our guests here on this podcast I know that you have been watching Angels games at home listening to Angels games when you're driving around or maybe doing yard work or whatever it might be I know that a lot of people are tuning in right now it's just exciting to have Angels baseball ball back even despite the slow start to this team but these have been some pretty unique broadcasts now in game uh, at Angel Stadium when you're there and it's a home game I don't think that the setup is really all that different for Terry Smith and Mark Langston on the radio side or Victor Rojas or Mark Hubaza on the television side. But the absence of fans absolutely plays a role. I'm sure that you can tell. And I guess we're getting used to it a little bit, but it's still very weird. The fact that you're not there, you need to be at the ballpark. That's the That's got to happen. Hopefully it happens uh, soon in, in 2021. Hopefully we have a great season where we got everybody back, the 3 million fans once again, and, and we can have another really spectacular year doing that. But for the time being here in 2020, uh, doing it this way, and I had a couple of really good conversations with both Terry Smith on the radio side and Mark Gubaza on the television side. But first, let's start with our chat with Angels analyst on TV, Mark Gubaza. We're talking with Angels TV analyst Mark Gubaza now, who is driving down to the Big A as we're recording this before the Angels play a game over a thousand miles away up in Seattle. Mark Gubaza, what's happening, Goobs? How are you? Hey, Trent, what's going on, my man? Hey, it's going good. Excited to see the Angels try to bounce back tonight. Excited for the debut of Joe Adele. And, you know, we got a lot of Angels stuff to talk about coming up in a bit. But I really want to know about these broadcasts that you guys are doing. Can you walk me through what a day is like for a road game now here in this uh, crazy time? Yeah, what we do is uh, we you know we go with what we normally do in our little truck compound behind you know Angel Stadium and go you know our normal routine as far as getting what we're going to do for the game and and then we go into uh, we do the game inside a trailer which is you know it's it's, it's good it's safe Victor and I are separated by at least it's like a thirty foot trailer we got monitors we got our own little refrigerator in there we got a bunch of good things there it's cool in there but I mean it's not the same as being at the game itself but. Under the circumstances, Trent, it's it's about as good as you can get, in my opinion. So just try to do what you do, and it's it's fun. Uh, we get all the same, you know. We get to talk to all our uh, people in the truck, you know, before we go in there and talk to them. Now we talk via text or Zoom or or email. So it's a little bit different that part, as far as you know. How I am. I, I like to be. I'm a person, per, you know, people person. So that part is difficult, but. You know, you just got to do the best you can and try to put out the best broadcast with the most positive vibes out there. So, and I, and I feel, 
hey, I'm doing a game. It's not ideal not being at the stadium itself, but I'm still watching it, still seeing the players, try to keep in contact via text or whatever it may be as much as possible, and we just have a good time with it. You know, I don't get a chance to watch you guys a ton working here on the radio side, but we I do get a, you know, I do watch you every once in a while and I'll tell you, it just seems like you guys are having a good time. And and that has always been the case, but in this just obscure season, I, I think there's almost a sense that, hey, we're just happy we have baseball and we're gonna enjoy the heck out of this. Am I right? Yeah, exactly right, right. And I, I think more than ever, normally on a TV broadcast, which is different than a radio broadcast, you you're more apt to let the game breathe on the TV side. But now because of, you know, we can't interact with the fans and this and that, that we were we talk a little bit more, you know, usually after a big hit or a home run, you let it breathe and let the fans react and the teammates react. So that doesn't happen anymore. So you kind of go instead of like that 30, 40-second delay and just let the game breathe. I remember Vince Scully telling me that plenty of times where, and then the fan reaction, well, we don't have that now. So you, you – get involved more in conversations and stories more than normal, I should say, at this time than we would on a normal, you know, regular podcast back in the day. Well, I'll just tell you, as somebody that has called games in front of zero fans many times, uh, anybody that has done minor league sports or Olympic sports in college games or whatever, yeah, when you actually do get a crowd, that's very exciting. And it's <laughs> very strange at the major league level not to have that. But you guys do sound like you're having a good time, and it has been fun. Um, what has been kind of the reaction that you've gotten from folks doing these games? Because, like I said, it sounds like you guys are, are really having a good time with it. Are, are you hearing from people? Are, are people liking it too? Yeah, you know, you know me. I'm on social media quite a bit. Just interact as much as possible on Twitter and things like that. And uh, I think for the most part, people just—I mean—they're they're enjoying the game, and, and you almost feel they don't realize we're not there. And that's—we're not trying to hide the fact that we're not there. We, we, we will say we'll take it. We'll at least have a hit during the course of the game where it shows we're in our in our truck size trailer, but. Uh, other than that, people think we're, we're there, and that's what we want. We want people to be comfortable, feel like we're there, and then, uh, you know what? We're just going to do the best we can under the circumstances, and I, and I think so far, so good as far as that. Gooby, by the time this airs, Joe Adele will have already played his first game as an Angel, but I, I would like to know a little bit of your thoughts. What are you looking forward to most when it comes to getting to see Joe Adele wear an Angel uniform tonight? You know, I'm pretty. I mean, I'm extremely excited. I, I I can see the talent. I've been looking at all numbers and things that he's accomplished at the minor league level, and how hard he hits the ball the other way, how hard he hits the ball, you know, when he pulls it against the best arms, this and that. I, I just want to see him just be comfortable. And, and it's great having you know Trout and Pulse and Rendon around him to allow that feel where just allow your talents to go out there and and shine and not try to put a lot of pressure on yourself. If he does that, which I think he will, he has that great personality that I can't wait. Sky's the limit. I think he is a superstar in the making. You don't want to put that out there already because he hasn't done it yet at the major league level. But he's he's one that could change the direction of his team quickly, and I hope that's the case. You know, the Angels right now, we, we need, a, they need a spark. And Joe may be that guy right now but get things going and, let the pitchers relax, relax. The starting staff, I think, has been pretty good for the most part. The bullpen's been overused, and you can see already the effects of that. But Joe being around, I think it's going to be a huge boost for this club's morale and the energy levels.
Yeah, I mean, a lot of people are talking about Joe Adele as the best Angels prospect since Mike Trout, which is, I mean, I, I think that's that's not fair to say because comparing anybody to Mike Trout's crazy. But, I mean, you look at the talent and you can understand why. And I'm guilty of it, too. I think everybody is. This guy is special uh, for sure. Yeah, we always, you know, when we, when we want to see somebody perform, especially he's a great kid, very smart kid, uh, he's a very good baseball talent. Uh, we all want to see him. And you know what? We, we become fans now. Before, I mean, we're supposed, we're supposed to be broadcasters. We're supposed to be, you know, I guess unbiased as far as, like, our, our energy and our enthusiasm to see somebody like uh, this talent play. But, hey, we're all fans. And this, for me, the beginning part of this game He's playing it. I'm a fan. And I just want to see him put up numbers, relax, and, and learn from some of the all-time greats he's going to have on this team, which, you know, when I came up to the big leagues, I was lucky enough to be around. We had some young pitchers. I was got to be around Dennis Leonard, Paul Slidorp, and Dan Quinton. But I learned so much from those guys. Just, just a quick conversation can turn your career around, and that's the beauty of having Joe Adele there with all this great talent around him. Hey, what do you remember about your debut? I remember I walked uh, Brett Butler on four pitches to start my career. My first, my first pitch was about 40 feet, I think. Then finally I figured out how to breathe. He stole second. He went to third on the ground out, scored on the ground out. I'm thinking, ah, no big deal, one run. But that's all I gave up. I ended up losing because I got locked up against future Hall of Famer Burt Weiland that day. I think he had like 13 or 14 punch shots in the course of that game. So I gave up the one run, and that was it. That's wild. Gooby, hey, I, thanks for doing this. It's uh, exciting hearing you and Victor calling these games. It sounds like you guys are having a blast, and we're having a blast watching. And, you know, hopefully the Angels can turn some things around here because, man, I know you and I talk all the time. The talent I- exists on this team. I, You know, th- there's a lot of really good players here. It's just about putting it together. Yeah, a lot. I think just just keep fighting the way they're going. I mean, there's no, there's no doubting themselves moment. You know, I think hitters are comfortable for the Angels right now. You look at all the hard-hit baseball, it's sort of the top two or three in baseball, even though the batting average and run and hits with runners in scoring position haven't worked out perfectly, but if you look at hard-hit baseballs during the top three, eventually those hard-hit baseballs will find holes, they'll score more runs, uh, the, the pitching staff will start building arm strength. It was so tough when you're facing your friends for like two weeks. And then you have three exhibition games that hit. You know, it's hard for the pitcher to have that edge going. And I think that's going to take some time. And once that comes, the team will take off. Gooby, I appreciate it. Looking forward to seeing you on TV tonight. Thanks, man. Trent, you got any time, my man? All right, we'll see you. Always a blast getting a chance to hear from Gooby. Good stuff there from Angels broadcaster Mark Gubiza. Now let's switch gears to what's going on on the radio side. We had Terry Smith join us in studio. So now our chat with the voice of Angels baseball, Terry Smith. He's the voice of Angels baseball, Terry Smith, joining us in now. Terry, first of all, thanks for coming on the show. It's always good to get a chance to talk to you, talk a little baseball, especially in these crazy times. And I think, for one, a lot of people are just happy we have baseball at all. So it's really good to see you, Terry. Well, we're glad we have baseball, Trent. It's, it's been kind of crazy already yeah. to start off the season. Obviously, the Angels have gotten off to a slow start. But uh, with that said, the division, no one's running away with it. So everybody's kind of bunched together. And even though the Angels... 
uh, have the worst record as we're speaking right now, there's still time to make up some ground. I was talking about this with Mark Gubazo, who we heard earlier on the podcast just a minute ago, talking about these road games. And I know things are a lot different for how you're calling games. We talked a lot about your broadcast career the last time you were on this show. But what is it like now calling these games? The Angels were taping this before the Angels play Seattle. They're over 1,000 miles away. Yet here you are sitting in the studio with me getting ready for the game. Well, we had a chance to do a few of them, uh, the summer camp games, and then the Angels started the season on the road in Oakland with the four-game series. So really, the the first uh, six games, I guess, basically, the, a couple of the summer camp games we did remotely and then the Oakland series, uh, we're getting used to it. It's really not that bad. There are some conveniences to this whole sure. thing. Um, you know, you don't have to travel. You don't have to worry about um you know, getting back in uh, town at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. So from that standpoint, you know, that that's a, a benefit, I guess. Ideally, though, you don't want to have to continue broadcasting games like this. But so far, so good. I mean, the the, the way things are set up as far as the monitors we have, we're, we're watching. We're, we're watching just like someone is watching back at home, but we're describing what we're watching. Right. But that's what we're used to doing, describing what we're seeing. But this is just a, a different venue type of situation. So... I, I don't really mind it. I think uh, all things considered, it's going smoothly. The feedback we've received has been uh, positive. So uh, if we can just get through this season, and I think we will from our end, hopefully Major League Baseball is going to be able to complete the season and, and players are going to cooperate and do what they're supposed to do as far as you know, being quarantined and things like that. Um, we can deal with it in, in 2020, but let's uh, keep our fingers crossed that it's a one-year deal only. Sure. And I'll just tell you from my perspective, though, I don't think the broadcast sound any different in terms of the way that you and Mark call the games together. From your perspective, do they feel different to you when you're calling them in this way? Well, they do a little bit because, you know, you're looking around and you're seeing walls instead right. of uh, seeing, you know, in a baseball game you do see walls, you see outfield walls, but we're seeing <laughs> indoor walls, which is kind of bizarre. So um, I think it, it causes you to focus more, to be quite honest with you, because you're not really seeing it right in front of you if you were uh, doing a broadcast. I think the other part of it that has been good so far is, you know, half the games we do, we're doing them from inside the stadium because they're home games, so we're doing it the regular way, although that also is different in that it's it's kind of eerie because there's no fans in the stands, but at least we're actually able to watch the players move around. Uh, I, I've, I've said to other people that I've spoken to on, on this, the thing that I miss is we have no interaction with anyone, no direct interaction. We're not allowed down on the field. We can't go in the clubhouse. And I understand all these things. I, I'm not uh, you know, complaining about it. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to do it according to the rules, and that those are the rules right now. And we don't want to jeopardize anyone's health or anything like that. And uh, so we'll, we'll deal with it here in, in 2020, and and uh, we'll move on hopefully in 2021. Sure. Now, I got some Angels questions I want to get to in a moment, but a lot of hot topics across Major League Baseball. Here's a future reporters' roundtable question, maybe, Terry. All right. What do you think of the new rule this year, particularly in extra innings with the base runner starting at second base? The Angels, as we're taping this on uh, Tuesday afternoon, have already been in three extra innings games. We've seen the Angels be on the right side of it sometimes. They've been on the wrong side of it. What, what's your kind of takeaway on that so far? Well, here's the thing. As you know, they've done that for a couple years already in the minor leagues, and it, it does speed up games. There's no question about that. The odds of you having a 
a 15 or 17 inning game or a five or six hour game. Uh, you're not going to see that. Although in the series the Angels recently had against the Astros, we we averaged over four hours a game. Yeah. Uh, so that that was um, you know not ideal by any stretch. I was anxious to see it because I knew completely about it from all my contacts around minor league baseball. Now that I've seen it firsthand, I'm totally against it. And I say that because uh, we had a game this past Sunday um, against the Astros where this, this completely turned me on this rule at the major league level. I think it's still a good rule for the minor leagues because they have smaller rosters. You don't want to jeopardize your pitching staff and your prospects. I think it's perfect for minor league baseball where winning and losing really isn't the main thing. But at the major league level, winning and losing is definitely the main thing. And we had that game, as I alluded to this past Sunday, where Jacob Barnes comes in. Uh, the designated runner is placed at second. It happens for both teams, top and bottom of any extra inning. So there's a runner at second base, and Jacob Barnes retires every single batter he faces. A clean inning, a 1-2-3 inning. There were no wild pitches. There were no pass balls. There were no balks. There were no stolen bases, and he gives up a run. That's that's totally unfair. That guy did completely what you want your reliever to do. He retired the side one, two, three, and he gives up a run. So that that totally uh, turned me the opposite way. I feel it's a bad rule for Major League Baseball. Maybe there's another way to tweak this rule to help speed up games and prevent long extra inning games. But I don't think this is the right way to do it. I think it's fine for this year. I, I'm totally accepting that because everything's changing this year. So we'll deal with it in 2020. Hopefully it does not become a permanent rule beyond 2020. And if there is some sort of extra inning rule in Major League Baseball and regular season games, they find a way to tweak it a little bit. Terry, in your career for, oh gosh, close to 40 years, you've had good crowds at games routinely. This year, not the case. It probably, I would imagine, maybe takes you back to low levels of minor league baseball when you were getting started. I know that I've done many college games with almost nobody in the seats. What has it been like calling games with, with no fans? And on top of that, are there any maybe fond memories you have of calling games with no fans from back <laughs> early in your career? Well, I do, but at the major league level so far here in the in the brief sample size we've had as far as the Angel home games in the first homestand, uh, it's eerie. That's a, that's the that's the best way I think I can describe it. But again, you're you're so excited that at least we have baseball in some fashion. You're willing to accept it. I totally mm-hmm. accept it. But it it's just a weird dynamic. Totally weird. But does it bring me back to my days in the minors? Absolutely. And I, I think I've shared this story with you. I don't know that I've shared it with our listeners before. But, I mean, I, I've seen some small crowds, and they, they get increasingly smaller the later an extra inning game goes, <laughs> uh, time-wise and inning-wise. And my, my, my best story, uh, which is kind of comical, it makes me chuckle as I, as I tell it, is we had a game one time in the old baseball alliance. That's when uh, AAA kind of uh, branched out and you had teams from the International League also playing teams from um, the uh, Pacific Coast League and and, and things like that. So you were playing teams out of your league and they were regular season games. So the the Columbus Clippers, who at that time, uh, you know, I was associated with for a long time, uh, we were the top affiliate of the New York Yankees, and you know I had a tremendous run there. We won six championships while I was there, but we had a game in Oklahoma City one night, 
and it was one of those long games. And again, in the minor leagues, generally on road games, you're always broadcasting by yourself. You have no colleague. Maybe if there's a, a player that gets injured, you can coax them to come up in the booth, <laughs> which I've done that before, and that's always that was always fun. At least you had another voice and someone to play off of. But we had a game in Oklahoma City, and it went long, as I mentioned, and it went so long that they were actually starting to clean the stadium as the game was going on. And I kid you not, so you could hear the air blowers I mean, I had a guy come right by my booth, and he's like, you know, got the air blower because they're they're cleaning. We still do it here, <laughs> right? They're cleaning the game as the game's still going on. So you know, you, sometimes you think you've seen everything until you see something like that, and. You know, I, I got a lot of uh, great memories of, of weird things that happened in minor league baseball, but that's one I'll never forget. I, I don't know that many people have ever experienced like that, even in the minors, but I know I did, and I know I've never forgotten it. <laughs> I would imagine so. Yep. All right, Terry, slow start for the Angels. Obviously, as we're recording this 3-7 and to begin the season, how do you see the rest of the season playing out for the Halos, and do you see them being able to get back on track? Well, I'm, I'm hopeful. I mean, Mike Trout is back as we speak, and the Angels have called up Joe Adele. Uh, unfortunately, Shohei Otani is very likely not going to throw another pitch during this season for the Angels. So that's a, that's a, a big blow because you, you weren't sure how Otani was going to pitch this year coming back from the Tommy John entry, but you were certainly hoping he was going to pitch well and maybe even be the ace of your staff, and that's that's not going to play out that way. We know that now for sure. So that that's that's a big blow. With that said, um, you know, the Angels have had issues in the bullpen. It's been hot and cold. It's been really good for some games, and it's been terrible for some games. Uh, Hansel Robles, um, as we speak, has lost his job as the Angels' closer. Uh, Joe Madden has decided uh, to go with a bullpen by committee. They're hoping Robles can return to that role, but they're not going to force this thing. They're not going to force-feed him as far as being the Angels' closer. So the bullpen clearly needs to get figured out and I know you know Joe doesn't know this personnel that well and he hasn't he doesn't have any preconceived opinions on anybody if somebody is a hot pitcher he's going to go with the hot hand in any kind of role as far as the bullpen so the the pitching has to get solidified hopefully uh, Julio Tehran who uh, will end up pitching in the series in Seattle when this is on. Uh, you know, maybe he hadn't pitched yet, but he's supposed to pitch in the Seattle series. He's supposed to pitch in Wednesday's game for the Angels. Hopefully he'll give the Angels a, a boost. That'll solidify the rotation to some degree. And we also have to get some people, um, you know, swinging the bats a little bit better as well. There have been a number of play. Albert's off to a slow start. Upton's off to a slow start. Angels definitely missed Angelton Simmons, who's been hurt. You want to get Tommy LaStella back in there. And, you know, maybe... Uh, young Joe Adele, who has a, a history of being a slow starter, moving up the Angels minor league system from A ball all the way up to Triple A, he doesn't generally get off to a quick start with his next level team. Hopefully, that's not going to happen with him at the major league level because th- they're going to play him at least here as long as he is being productive at the plate, and and hopefully he will be. Terry, it's always a pleasure spending some time together. Thanks for doing this, and it's great seeing you. All right, Trent, thanks for having me on today. That's going to just about do it for us here on our podcast today. I want to thank each and every one of you for joining us here on this podcast. If you haven't gotten a chance to yet, check out some of our other shows. Just last week, we had Mickey Calloway on talking about the direction of this pitching staff and some of the things that he believes in philosophically when it comes to pitching. Really insightful conversation with Mickey Calloway last week. I hope you get a chance to check that out if you haven't already. Before that, we had an awesome chat with 
Tony LaRussa, New Angels executive, really, uh, I mean, anytime you get a Hall of Famer on the show, uh, it's pretty special. And for Tony LaRussa to give us the insight that he did, I, I think that that is something that Angel fans are going to love to hear uh, with, with Tony LaRussa being a part of this organization. Great stuff from those two. We got all kinds of other great guests that we've had as well. Tim Salmon, Scott Spezio, Tori Hunter, all really fun shows that we had earlier during this quarantine time. Check those out and continue to follow us, subscribe to the Angels Recap Podcast as well, and also check out some other cool things. They're at angels.com slash home. There's all kinds of neat stuff for uh, Halos at home. Trying to stay active when it comes to Angels baseball, and I know that it's tough right now because you're not at the ballpark, but there are some ways on there to make you at least feel like you're a little bit closer, and that's what we're all trying to do here on the broadcast site. Have a great rest of your day. My name is Trent Rush. You can also check out my show after every Angels game on Angels Radio AM 830. Hashtag Angels Recap. Have a great day. I'll see you.